Hello homeschoolers, it's Melissa Webb and welcome to Homeschool is a Work of Heart. In this series, you're going to be listening to veteran homeschoolers who have great advice on all sorts of topics like, oh yes, socialization skills, but also reluctant learners and how to help them, how to homeschool multiple children. If these are topics that interest you, I would like to invite you now to enjoy the conversation. Well, hello, I'm Melissa Webb, and I am here to welcome you to another homeschool interview uh, in a series that we're doing with incredible moms who have been homeschooling for a variety of years and are here to share some of the things they've learned on their journey. So we're really glad that you're here. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about how to homeschool multiple children. Right. It sounds so easy if it's going to be just one kiddo, but what if you've got two, three, four, five? So today, my special guest is Mina Zambrano. Did I say that correctly? Yes, Zambrano. (laughs) And Mina, I am so glad that you are here. Please uh, take a few moments here. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. We'd love to learn about you. Okay. Hello. My name is Mina Zambrano. Like Melissa said, Um, I live in Orange, California. Um, I have two children, um, six years apart, so there's a gap in there, um, but I did homeschool both of them. Um, one of them, my older one, went to private school the first four years, so there was a transition. Um, I enjoy camping, um, gardening, reading, um, I cooking for the homeless through my church. Um, I love doing that, and um, I I think that's it. Um, I love what I actually kids. love about that, Mina, is I think some people think like, well, if you homeschool, like that's your life, like that's all you've got. But look at all those wonderful things that you still do that you enjoy in your life. I love that. I think yeah, that's, that's a wonderful thing about homeschooling is the flexibility. So yes. I could still, you know, go cook, you know, for somebody and come back and do a class and then you know, take a few hours to go do an extracurricular activity, take her to horseback riding or swimming, and then still come back and enjoy family time dinner and together as a family. And so it's a very enriching opportunity. I love that. And I agree with you 100%. So um, were you homeschooled as a kid? I was not. My parents actually put me through private school from preschool through high school. Okay. Okay. Did you dream of homeschooling when you were younger? Um, I didn't actually, I didn't even know what homeschooling was um, because we have just were put through the private school system that I, um, when I had the opportunity or thought about it, I actually had to do research and say, what is homeschooling? Well, and at what point in your life did that even become something that you were curious about? Um, friends from church were involved in homeschooling. And so I was curious, like, what is it? What do you guys do? And how, and how old were the girls at that time when you were, um, let's see, um, probably the first one was 11. Okay. And then my other one was kinder, you know, kindergarten I... maybe. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. And um, before you even became a parent, I always like to ask this little question, like, who were you uh, as a kid growing up? What kind of dreams and ambitions did you have before you became a mom? 
Well, I actually lived a sheltered life um, at home. My mom is blind, and so I was her caretaker. Um, but I was always um, ambitious, wanting to know what other kids were doing and how come they get to and I didn't. And, you know, so I kind of, um, once I was old enough to explore, you know, I got a job. I went to community college and tried to figure out what I would want to do. So I actually took a lot of different classes just to figure out what I wanted to do. Oh, that's so right. Were you an only child growing up? No, I actually have, um, there's five children in our family. But, but you got tagged as the caretaker. Yes, because I was a first older female in the family. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I can't even imagine the challenges that had to have gone along with that experience. And, you know, something that I have heard, and this is a little bit off tangent, but like when we look back at our lives as younger people, um, sometimes we can look back and say, you know, we were victims or we were less fortunate, but we also can look back and go, no, that experience taught me a lot. Like that experience needed to happen for me to become who I am. When you look back, can you see how that defined who you became? I'm just curious. Oh, for sure. I think I maybe matured in some way and more ambitious because I was kept from doing a lot. And so like, no, I need to, I want to go out there. I want to see what's out there. And, you know, so I think it made me more ambitious. And like I said, it matured me a little faster. I have no doubt about that. And I love, like, it just increased your curiosity as to what, what yeah. is, what is the other side of life look like oh that's fantastic and then also it made me want more for my children when I have children they're going to have what I didn't have I think that that is one of the best things for any of us to think because it stirs us to want to be a better parent yes great agreed well today we want to talk about how to homeschool multiple children. And I actually love that not only did you have two that you homeschooled, but you had such a big span. Like if, if somebody listening right now is like, yeah, I'm just not sure how to do this. I have a third and fifth grader. You could be like, ha, huh, do you know how easy it would have been to have had a third and a fifth grader? Like so many things we could have done together, but you had a much bigger span of six years yes. between the girls. Um, and so did you start at, at, with both of them right out the gate? Or did you start with your older one? Like, how did that all begin? I started with my older one in fourth grade, um, fifth grade, actually. I was laid off of work and I didn't know, um, obviously I couldn't afford to continue private school and daycare and all that. So um, she, I researched and we decided to do homeschooling, um, which the I'm gonna be honest, the first year is a challenge. Yes, you know, but- um, why? why is it a challenge? Well, for me, embarrassing enough, I didn't even know what curriculum was. They said, right. oh, what curriculum are you using? Um, what is that? <laughs> you know, yes, right? So I did a lot of research. And so I finally got on the ball, but it did take, you know, a while. And, and what year um, would that have been? Because I know your daughter is now in college. Yeah, that uh, was her fifth grade. Um, I don't know how children are in fifth grade. <laughs> it's too far back. Um, <laughs> But that was probably what, like the 1990s, early 2000s? Um, let's see, 499. Yeah, probably 2006, because okay. that's when okay. I had my second child. Okay. And I started homeschooling her at kindergarten. 
Okay. So yeah, so maybe like 2010. So again, like nowadays, you mentioned homeschooling and it's people are much more receptive to it. Um, they are curious about it. But back when you were first starting, I'm going to guess it wasn't certainly no. as well known or accepted as it is today. Right. So to hear you say, oh yeah, mocked for sure. Like they figured you made your own clothes. You certainly made your own granola for yes. sure. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I get it. It had a stigma. It still has so many stereotypes. Yes, that come with it. For sure. But um, so yeah, for you to say, I wasn't even sure, like, what do you mean curriculum? What is, what is that? Like, that doesn't surprise me at all when you went in at a time that it wasn't, I don't know, as acceptable as it is today. So, okay. So that's great. So you started with that and you started with just your oldest. Correct. Okay. Obviously she went through and it was, it was, like I said, it was challenging, you know, having to um, calendar all her assignments and sit with her and have the patience. Like, you know, I wasn't a teacher, so having the patience to learn it and then teach it. And um, after a while, it just, it became natural. Um, there's teachers, resources, you have everything. So it helped a lot. I think that's a really important thing that you just said. You didn't feel like, you know, I, I'm not a teacher. How do I know to sit here and do this? And one of the things that I realized, I don't know, long time ago, you, me, all moms, dads, we actually are teachers. We're the first teachers yes. that our children ever get. But I don't think we're taught that or understand that. But like, who teaches your child to tie, you know, his or her shoes or how to even get dressed or do the buttons or mm -hmm. how to sit at a, you know, dinner table and have a family meal or, you know, just all the things, how to sort their laundry and like put their socks together or mm -hmm you know, sort their toys, like, well, let's put all the Barbies over here, right? Like, we actually are the first, we, we are all the first teachers that our children have, right. but we think that, oh, no, 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 a teacher has a piece of paper, but I will tell you from my experience, some of the best teachers don't have credentials because you teach from your heart, right? You love your kids like nobody else loves your kids. Oh yeah. And you want the best for them. Yes. Yeah, and if they're not ready kids. to move on, you don't move them on. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we're kids, we, you know, role play. Also, yes. I'm going to be a teacher. Okay. Well, you sit. What's two plus two? You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So at some point, you then decided to homeschool both. Yes. And was that because your youngest started kindergarten and you're like, hey, I'm already homeschooling. This is just a natural flow. What made you homeschool both? Um, I did both because, like I said, I was laid off from work. And so I know I couldn't afford it. And so I asked friends, you know, how do you do it? What do you do? And I said, you know what? I'm just going to try it. And, okay, you know, sweet. the level is so different, you know, from fifth grade, you know, spending time with that child and then having to discipline a kindergartner to yeah. get up on time or do a lesson or, you know, all that entails homeschooling. Yeah. I can honestly say one of my proudest moments was teaching my kindergartner how to read. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I actually been doing a little research on literacy and I found something very interesting. So 
back when public school first started, which was like 1850, right? I think it like Massachusetts was one of the first states that had this compulsory, mandatory, like it's a law now to, to put your children in school. Before that started, children learned to read at home. Children learned to write at home. Children learned to do math at home. And the literacy rate was 98% of the population could read. Today, this is shocking. The average literacy rate in our nation is 88%. It is 10% lower since we've institutionalized education. And it just makes me wonder, like, shouldn't we consider getting our kids starting to read back at home again? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. and I, you should be proud of that. Mina, that's, that would feel so good, right? To know I that- I loved it. I think back and go, wow, I taught her to read. That's, you know, like I said, a- I'm not a teacher, so I did something, right? <laughs> oh, you certainly did. Well, and both of your girls are amazing, amazing. One is now uh, like a third year in high school. The other's third year in college. So- mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so give us some um, tips, like how, especially with that age man, what did it look like in your home? A typical day, how you addressed having multiple children and such a span? Um, well, it's a lot of discipline, you know, starting with the older one, getting her situated in the morning and say, okay, I'm gonna leave you alone for a little bit and I'm gonna go work with the other one. And then after a while, it just came together. They just sat together and, and kind of helped each other as well. I you know? And I think that's where my older one kind of got the idea, maybe I want to be a teacher. <laughs> yes, which is what exactly she wants to do, which I think is yeah. fantastic. And then as we got older, you know, I kind of used my older one to help me with math for the little one. So and good. Yeah, so it's very enriching. So I think that's great too. Um, one of the things that I notice again, we have, especially because so much, so many of us went through a more traditional schooling experience. We think like, well, second graders have to be with second graders. Fifth graders have to be with fifth graders mm-hmm. and ninth graders have to be with ninth graders. However, in a community of learners, we actually can learn more from one another. And mm-hmm. I get this all the time in my writing program because I I accept children from third grade to eighth grade in my writing program. Mm-hmm. And when we do our, and, and you know this from being in my classes, yes. um, but I don't separate them out. I don't say like, this is a third grade class. This is a fourth grade class because writing doesn't care what grade you're in. Mm-hmm. I had third graders that were writing at a middle school level. They were, they were writing multiple paragraphs as well as I get seventh graders who would come in and they're like, we haven't done any writing. And I needed to start them at a level one, which was like a single paragraph structure. It didn't matter. Like we're at, wherever we are, that's where we need to meet. But I never have seen the fact that we've got third graders with eighth graders as a problem, because I think the third graders need the eighth graders and the eighth graders need the third graders. Yeah, I think the- come together my fifth grader became a role model for my kindergartner and she looked up to her and oh well if she's doing this I should behave and do this and and so it kind of helped I agree with it 
I absolutely agree with that. And so again, I think that's a good thing about having the multiple children. I love something you said, Mina, you had said you brought the girls together for some of their learning time, even with six years difference. What kinds of things did you find that they could do together that you could do even the three of you that, you know, sure, maybe you asked more of the fifth grader when the assignment was done, Whereas, you know, the younger child kindergartner, you know, maybe drew a picture or something, but what are some of the things that you guys could do together? Um, I think reading was a lot. They read their assignments together. Sure, um, sure. Writing. I can see a novel or a chapter book for sure. Like yeah. a family read, did you guys do that kind of stuff? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes. And then writing as well, like um, the older one would kind of show the little one, you know, a better writing structure, um, kind of, you know, tutor her maybe you could say yes. into writing. Which strengthens or, the older one's skills. Yes. As well as helps the younger one. Yes. And the younger one would ask, well, how does this sound? What do you think of this? What's the proper way? You know, they learn from each other. I love that. Did you ever do history together? That was one thing I always did together with the boys is we would read something from history and then we talk about it or I might even have like an activity I thought history and I thought science worked well regardless of what grades the boys were in yeah I think both subjects um we actually would use field trips for that and go to a museum and say oh, okay well we learned this in school so this is now showing you you know something at the museum explaining what we were learning or we'd go to the library and pick out some books mm -hmm. and, you know, to help them understand the subject a little better. No, that's great too. Field trips are so important. And it's something yes. that I feel terrible for the fact that so many things have been closed down the last couple of years, but as things start to open up again, like get your kids to the zoo, like you're, yes. you're learning about, you're doing life science and you're learning about giraffes, go visit the giraffes. Yes ask the people who work there, find a trainer, like interview, you know, take notes, like take it to a whole new level. I think that that's some of the most fun learning there is. And it takes some of the stress off of, you know, your everyday, you know, let's go, you know, at the same time, let's go out for this, but you're still learning. Yes. You know? And I think maybe they got tired of everywhere we went. Oh, remember this from school? And they're like, okay, mom, we're not in school. But, you know, it's, it was a learning experience everywhere we went, whether it was the grocery store, the zoo, or, you know, an aquarium or yeah. park, you know. I'm so glad you said that. So it's not just my kids who would say, no. <laughs> <laughs> just when you, as soon as you said that, I remembered we took, um, when our oldest son was in college in Oregon, we did a drive up the coast of California into Oregon. And part of it was I wanted to, do the missions we wanted to see yeah. all the, the different missions. that too and which was amazing and again we're there and it's summer vacation world you know we're getting ready to go it was actually when Tyler was graduating and so uh they were on summer break but we go to all of these different missions we were in Santa Barbara at the time and I'm like oh come and read this come and learn this and I think it was Adam looked at me and was like are we ever going to stop <laughs> learning <laughs> Yeah, like, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, but now they look back like you know all the pictures and everything I took and they're like you always hated with me with the camera but look now you're going back and reminiscing so right. that's right and I something else you said Mina 
going to the grocery store, going to the supermarket, right? Mm -hmm. There are lessons even in the market to oh, learn, yes. right? Money. The cycle of life. Budgeting. Yep, absolutely. Where do the things come exactly. from, right? So many people um, miss opportunities to like have discussions and conversations that your kids would have never had in a traditional right. school, mm -hmm. right? And, and oh, good stuff, really good stuff. So back to how you scheduled, it sounds like you'd start your older one, you would do the work of saying, here's your list of things to do today. Um, you get started. And there are so many independent activities that kids can do. And I did that too. I actually had a list inside the cabinet above the desk where the, where the computer was mm -hmm. because there were educational games that they were allowed to play in the morning. We did typing pal. So they had to put in 10 minutes of typing practice. Mm -hmm. um, they could uh, journal. I had a list of journal prompts so they could. So I even gave freedom in their first independent hour of working. Mm -hmm. And I needed, because I still worked part-time during the time I was homeschooling. So I needed my kids to know what to do that first hour, nine to 10, so that I could go read emails, respond to things, take care of things before I could come back and then teach um, the lesson. So it sounds like that's kind of similar to what you were doing. Like you had yeah. the first one, here's your list of things to do. Then would you go actually instruct and teach the younger one while the older was working independently, I assume? Yes. So I would have them, um, you know, I would plan out the whole week. They have planners mm -hmm. and I would do their schedule for the week. And yeah, they get up at 730. Yeah. They get half hour to do whatever they want. Eight o'clock, we would start. And I would give, like you said, give my older one, this is what you have to do for the day or the week. You choose what you want to do. If you want to do some of the harder stuff in the morning, take care of that. If you want to do some easy stuff and then don't forget we have, you know, piano later or, you know, swimming or whatever. We need to squeeze that in there. And then yeah. so I'm going to give you an hour to do this, to do pick an assignment. And then I'm going to go work with the little one. And then maybe after lunch or break, let's come together and we could do our subjects together oh, instead so of separating good. them. You know. So good. So good. And again, these I think these are great ideas. There is no right way to homeschool. There right. is no wrong way to homeschool. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, a lot of new parents that I talk to are like, well, we just want to get it right. And I would just want to say like, no, you don't have to worry about getting it right show up with all your heart. I do agree with you. Like to me, failing to plan is planning to fail. Yes. I am all about laying out. I would always take Sunday afternoons. I would lay out the week ahead of time. And it may not be like, like so super specific, but it would say like math chapter five this week, this page, mm -hmm. this page on Monday, this page, this page on Tuesday. And if I didn't get to all of it or we moved ahead, I would adjust that with the next week's plan. Right. Yes. Um, so you leave a lot of space for uh, mm -hmm. flexibility in there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know we got more done because we planned. And if you've got multiple children, uh, see if you agree with me on this, Mina, you will feel less stressed if you have a plan, however lightly it is sketched out, you at least have a plan. It takes the stress away from you. Yes, completely agree. You have to plan. And, yeah. you know, some people say, oh, you're doing too much or your day's taking too long. But, you know, it's because we're not on a set schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not doing, oh, you only have 50 minutes to do this. 
we're going to work it until they learn it. And if they don't learn it, like you said, we'll move it on to another day or another time. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually another thing that I do love about homeschooling. Um, I had read about somebody who had said the problem with um, traditional like institutional learning is you can have a child who just gets taught, say, a poetry unit and is really engaging with this poetry unit. And it's like, oh, I, know, I didn't even know I had this in me and starts expressing and writing. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm a bell rings or the teacher's like, okay, come on, put your stuff away. Let's go. Yeah. And this child who's in this moment of expressiveness and creativity mm -hmm. is like, oh, I've got to go. And, and is redirected versus like that child. It just breaks my heart. Cause like, I just feel like if mm -hmm. a child is so engaged in something, why not let them spend a half hour or an hour digging in the dirt, looking for whatever it is they're interested in. Like, don't interrupt them. You've got plenty of time mm -hmm. in your day to be learning. And, oh yeah. And so it sounds like, I think you and I probably homeschooled very similarly. <laughs> it sounds like, because sometimes our days would go, it'd be like four or five o'clock. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, oh, we're almost done. We're going to be finished. But we had taken so many like tangents yeah. throughout the day we ended up on a walk and we collected leaves and then we came back and we sorted the leaves and mm -hmm. right and so it turned out that wasn't in my schedule right but we went with the learning experience and yeah. I do think that that's a beautiful thing like math especially if you don't understand how to do a problem yeah you know like you said okay time's up no we're done no I'm going to sit there until she learns it and I'll try different ways of teaching her you know we okay. learn differently back in the day than they do common core nowadays you know, so I'm like, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm going to teach you my way. And if it makes you understand it better, then right. that's what I'm going to teach you. Well, and that used to be what teaching was. You taught right. it many ways you needed to teach it until the child until learned it, learned it. And tests mm -hmm. were not about the student. Tests were really a tool for the teacher to say, huh, it looks like only 30% of my students understood this concept. I need to go back and teach this better. Right. Nowadays, the test is like too bad for that 30%. We're moving on. Right. And tests help me. Like you said, it helps me learn where their weaknesses are. Yes. So then we can go back and work on that. Yes. Testing to me is very important. Yes. I And I agree too. It's a tool. It's a tool. Yes. It's not, it's not something that's judging um, the child, it's a tool for assessing and evaluating how well I taught what they needed to know. Right. Yeah. And again, that's just a little mindset flip. Okay. So good. So good. I feel like we keep going on tangents. Is there anything else with teaching multiple children that we didn't touch on that you wanted to cover? Multiple children. No, I think that was it. I mean, working together, helping each other, learning together, um, role modeling, you know, I think that's good. Good, good, good. Well, then before we wrap up, is there any advice or thoughts you would want to share if right now somebody brand new to homeschooling is listening and you were talking directly to her right now, what would you what would you want her to know? Or him? I would, say, I would say be patient. Um, it doesn't probably work for everybody, but it's very rewarding. Um, there's a lot of flexibility, um, you know, in your schedules and um, being with your children. It's quality time with your children. Um, 
what else was there? Um, there are challenges, but you know, you have your teachers, your EFs, your tutors, there's plenty of resources. So don't give up. You know? oh, I love that too. Be patient and don't give up. That's yes. Because like I said, for me, it was challenging. I don't want to say the whole year. That sounds kind of scary. But, um, you know, once you get past the first semester, for, you know, you get in a routine, you kind of understand it a little more. Yes. And so there's plenty of resources. Yes. And it's just, I love it. I mean, I got to spend quality time with my children. We'd go to extracurricular. I'd make them do things that I didn't think they liked and they enjoyed them and come home and you still have family time with your family. We, you know, you could... If, like we go camping so we take our work with us yes you know and you spend a little time but yet you're still having fun yes it's so worth it it's yes, so worth it. very worth yes it. definitely be patient don't get hard on yourself give it time it is absolutely so worth it and you know something when you just mentioned don't forget there's a lot of resources out there yes resources can bring you together with other people and community is really important. Like if you hadn't been looking for writing curriculum, I don't know that our paths would have ever crossed. Exactly. So, I don't even know how I came across it, but it's been the most amazing experience. Um, you know, you kind of challenge her to do the, to enter into the writing contest mm -hmm. and she did an amazing job. It brought her out of her shell Yes. And her writing has just been up there. I'm so proud of her. She can't seem to get any higher. So <laughs> that's great to know. But again, you never know what resources and people will come into your life right. if you don't get out there and use what's available. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Oh, Mina, thank you so much for You're very welcome. Today. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in today. We are grateful that you were here. Be sure to subscribe. There's always like a button somewhere to subscribe and we'll continue this series and we uh, look forward to inspiring you. Right on. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you are feeling encouraged. It's really important in the homeschooling community that you find your people. And hey, we're here to be your people. If you would like to work more closely together and get that group of supportive people behind you, be sure to check things out on my website. You can find me at writeonweb.com. That's right, W-R-I-T-E-O-N-W-E-B-B dot -E -E -B -B com. And I'll see you there. Right on.